0: Chris, Chris, I I found the best deal. And you know how much I love an incredible deal.
1: Yes, this is why you can't be unaccompanied to Target. What's up, dear?
0: We can use the Black Vortex. It's right here. And all we have to do is-
1: Surrender our souls and consciences? Uh,
0: Other than that-
1: Um, what?
0: We only have to recruit three other people to submit, and also pay a small $200 fee. Wait, and then what do those three do? Well, they find three other people, and- Is this a
1: pyramid
0: scheme? I can't believe you fell for- No, no! It's an investment opportunity for the common man. An opportunity for them to rise above their station and become the fittest.
1: Wait, fittest? Hey, you aren't Christy. No, of course I am, dear. Multi level marketing apocalypse. I knew it. Did you really think I'd fall for this crap?
0: Hey, sorry for being late. <laughs> hey, is that Ensabiner?
1: The pyramid scheme one. No, no, it is a shrewd business opportunity.
0: We're not falling for it. Get out, buddy. Yes, Graham. Well, before I go, I have a timeshare opportunity on the planet Hala. Hala was blown up. Um, uh, I'll call when the time is more convenient.
1: (sighs) The weirdest stuff seems to happen to us just before we record. Let's do a palate cleanser and talk about comics.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earth,
1: The podcast where nothing will ever be the same.
0: Welcome, readers, to our second and final episode covering The Black Vortex.
1: It's true. The end of this 13-part crossover is in sight.
0: It is. It is. Let me tell you, I did not see that ending coming. And I am one... Who, who kind of, you know, you, you predict the twists, you see what's going to happen. Yeah, you're,
1: you're a real twist predictor. Like, in the middle of the movie, you'll be like, uh, this, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Like, vocally.
0: Yes, because I'm normally right.
1: <laughs> you have to let everybody know.
0: <laughs> well, if I don't say it out loud, you just don't know how smart I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta prove my smarts. <laughs>
0: Uh, but no, I, I get now why some people were less than satisfied with this, with this, uh, with this event.
1: Yeah. This is, this event is kind of that gif of the, of the football player going, they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yep. It is, it is that you can't say personified if I'm talking about an event.
1: Comicified.
0: It it is that comicified in an event. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that sounds weird. It really does. <laughs> we're not saying that anymore. No.
0: Somebody's gonna tell us that that means something awful in another language. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, Alright, well, we got some business before our business. Yes. Some some pre-business.
0: Yes, some pod business. We have a reader to thank, uh, who gave us a five star review on iTunes. So we're gonna thank a user named Get Rid of Tobe. Who gave us a five-star review that says, one of my favorite podcasts about comics. The two hosts are always wonderful and can make any comic into a fun discussion. Even if I have already read the books, the shows are still worth a listen and never fail to make me smile.
1: Thanks, get rid of Tobe.
0: You know, that that's all we aim to do. M- make you smile a little bit, be a little bit of entertainment, a bright spot
1: I thought in a dark it. day. I thought we did it for the pay.
0: That great, great Patreon money. (laughs) I think if I worked a minimum wage job, the same amount of hours that I put into this podcast, I would make more like in a week than I would from our Patreon in a month.
1: Oh, definitely. So, you know, everybody, but we, not to say that we don't appreciate everybody's little donations because we definitely
0: do. We love our patrons, but we are not in it for the money, folks. (laughs) We're in it for you. Yep, and and because everybody needs a hobby,
1: it's true. Although you, if you want to get us to fifty dollars on Patreon, we will cover the giant Muppets Christmas Carol crossover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We might even find a way to watch the bootleg original version.
0: Ooh, that'd be nice. That'd be cool. <laughs> no, the Patreon's super nice because it covers things like uh hosting fees and and, and, and recording
1: stuff. fees because Audacity does not work on our current setup. It will drop a bunch of stuff. So we have to.
0: And I'm sure there's probably a thousand fixes, but you know, what we have is money and what we don't have is time. (laughs) Actually, right now, that's not true. We have all the time in the world.
1: Well, you do. I still have to go to work.
0: Yeah. I still have to work and care for kids.
1: That's true. I'm, I'm essential.
0: (laughs) So am I, but I can essentially work from home. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Two full-time jobs. It's a lot, readers, and hopefully we are a bright spot amongst all of this.
1: It's going to be great in two years when someone goes, what the heck is he talking about? He's essential. What a jerk. <laughs> and hopefully no one remembers what that means.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready to get into our summary? Summary? Summary.
1: Nova number 28, written by Jerry Duggan, penciled by David Baldeon, inked by Terry Pallet, colored by David Curiel, lettered by Albert Duchesne, and edited by Nick Lowe.
0: Gara meditates, attempting to locate the Black Vortex, while young Sam Alexander is flying through space with it. The Black Vortex tempts him to use it, which he decides would be a pretty dark-sidey idea.
1: Meanwhile, on Mr. Knife's ship, Thane is convinced the humans killed his flock and is seeking Omerta, you know, Rowenge.
0: Sam takes the Black Vortex home, to his room. Teenagers don't always make great decisions. He calls Jarvis and attempts to get help from Vision, as he thinks the Synthoid would not be tempted by the Black Vortex.
1: At dinner, Sam's family is visited by the Collector and Legron the Terrible, who very much want to buy the Black Vortex.
0: Sam figures this is pretty nefarious, and after the Black Vortex tries to tempt his little sister, he flies off, barely stargating out of the system to escape the Collector, who follows him to Spartax. However, the immortal thinks better of crossing Mr. Knife.
1: Poor Nova unknowingly goes to Mr. Knife's ship, where he is attacked by Thane, who steals the Vortex and powers up, just as Star-Lord tells Sam to definitely not go to Spartax.
0: Legendary Star-Lord number 10 Written by Sam Humphreys Penciled by Paco Medina Inked by Juan Vlasco, Colored by David Curiel lettered by Joe Caramagna, and edited by Mike Martz.
1: We begin this issue with a bang as Thane uses his power for Mr. Knife to encase all of Spartax, including many of our heroes, in amber. Not a great color for our energy right now.
0: Quill and company arrive, and Jean lets the group know that all of the people are experiencing the agony of living death. Quill finds Kitty trapped and apologizes profusely for the whole situation and laments that he'll never get to tell her something.
1: But Kitty, of course, phases out of the Amber. However, the heroes find they can't get anyone else out. Nova arrives to tell everyone who encased the planet in Amber, but no one knows why it was done.
0: Ilyana, Rocket, and the Black Vortex folks arrive just too late but in time to see a massive brood ship in orbit.
1: The brood ship launches a very small, facehugger-like brood, and adult Hank quickly discovers their purpose, to burrow through the amber and implant eggs in every person's skull, increasing the brood population by 72 billion. Yikes!
0: However, before the heroes can stop any more brood, our favorite generic bad guys, the Slaughter Lords, arrive.
1: Cyclops, number 12, written by John Lehman, penciled and inked by Javier Garon, colored by Chris Sotomayor, lettered by Joe Caramagna, and edited by Katie Kubert.
0: Cyclops, still in prison with Gruten Iceman, daydreams about a rescue from his dad. Which, unfortunately, doesn't happen, leaving the young mutant quite despondent.
1: However, Cyclops decides to save them himself, using his force beams to mimic a fingerprint to fool a scanner, freeing the trio. What a cool dude!
0: Unfortunately, they still have to fight their way out, but Iceman forms a temporary ice wall which hides them from their enemies, but just so happens to bring them face to face with... The Black Vortex.
1: Scott wrestles with the choice to use it, thinking of his adult counterpart's experience with the Phoenix Force and doing horrible things with it. However, young Cyclops is visited in his mind by Jean and his father, who tells him that he should trust himself with the power of the Black Vortex.
0: The trio submit to the power and fight their way out into space, where they find their companions clashing with the Slaughter Lords. Cyclops passes the Black Vortex off to Captain Marvel and tries to psychically contact his dad, but to no avail.
1: He asks Carol what's going on, and she fills him in on the Amber Spartak situation.
0: It turns out him talking to his dad was an all-in-his-mind situation, and it was his own confidence that allowed him to take on the power, and Psych is ready to help save the day. Hooray for Scott! Captain
1: Marvel number 14, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, penciled and inked by David Lopez, colored by Lee Luffridge, lettered by Joe Caramagna, and edited by Sana amanat.
0: Captain Marvel flees from the battle with the Black Vortex in tow, trying to bring it to Kitty to enact a master plan. But she is intercepted by the newly empowered Thane, as well as Jason.
1: They crash on the surface of Jason's Flying Fortress, where Carol is tempted to submit to the Vortex and gain its power. She decides, however, that she's plenty powerful without it, and continues the fight.
0: She tries to talk some sense into Thane about Mr. Knife's lying ways, but Thane's inner ebony maw talks him out of it. Thane tries to amberize Carol, but she deflects the beam with the mirror, and it takes out Jason.
1: Meanwhile, the ancient Lady Gara arrives— of course trying to destroy the Vortex. She blasts Thane into space, but Carol flies off at full speed, still trying to get the Vortex to the surface of Spartax for sneaky plans.
0: But Gara doesn't look like she'll give up that easily.
1: Legendary Star-Lord No. 11, written by Sam Humphreys, penciled by Paco Medina, inked by Juan Velasco, colored by David Curiel, lettered by Joe Caramagna, edited by Mike Martz, Christina Harrington, and Xander Jaraway.
0: As the heroes slowly lose ground to the Slaughter Lords, Captain Marvel arrives with the Vortex for the heroes to enact their plan.
1: Jean Grey first decides that even though it'll mean her soul, she needs to use the Vortex to gain massive power.
0: Only for Star-Lord to stop her. He is likewise tempted by the Vortex, but figures out he would definitely turn into a giant douchebag.
1: Gara also arrives and explains the sad history of her planet and of the horrors that the Vortex creates.
0: Kitty protests, stating that they need the Vortex to save Spartax, but Gara demands to know which of them is strong enough.
1: Despite Star-Lord's misgivings, it's gotta be Kitty, and she submits to the Black Vortex.
0: Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men, the Black Vortex Omega. Written by Sam Humphreys, penciled by Ed McGuinness and Javier Garone, inked by Ed McGuinness, Mark Farmer, and Javier Garone, colored by Marte Gracia, lettered by Travis Lanham, and edited by Mike Martz and Xander Jarroway. Kitty's trip
1: through the vortex has enabled her to phase through entire realities, experiencing vast quantities of time and space and even alternate versions of herself.
0: Ronin appears quite suddenly, joining the fray against the Slaughter Lords in vengeance for the destruction of Hala. However, he also blames the Guardians and the X-Men, so things aren't great. And
1: to add to the badness, the Brood have nearly broken through the Amber, just in time for Kitty Pryde to phase all of the Amber and Brood away from the planet, and she squishes the whole mess.
0: The day is saved. Everyone on Spartax is a-okay, and the Slaughter Lords escape.
1: Now, Gara offers them a choice. The transformed heroes can stay the way they are or renounce the Black Vortex and gain its ire.
0: Scott, Adult Beast, Iceman, and Groot decide to renounce its power, and all but Scott have gained a slightly different look. Sort of an alternate costume.
1: The change in Scott apparently happened in his heart.
0: And then on their way home, we get this long, drawn-out scene of Star-Lord proposing to Kitty Pride.
1: The Collector finds the Amber Jason floating in space and decides to add the Despot to his collection.
0: Ronin, of course, swears vengeance. He accuses, after all.
1: Thane also swears to conquer the universe.
0: Kitty says yes to Star-Lord's proposal. Everybody celebrates. Hooray! I guess the end. All right, Chris, we made it through the black vortex.
1: We did, but you don't really come out another side. So I don't know.
0: No, you don't don't go through the looking glass.
1: No, a hundred, a hundred dollars says at some point, if the, if the black vortex comes back, someone's going to find a way to go through it to weird black vortex land.
0: Oh, yeah, it's sort of like an like an antimatter type universe
1: but but everybody's super rad,
0: oh, yeah, everybody just wears like really cool- cool clothes and has like awesome powers, but everybody has it, so it's like no big deal, yeah, so you just go and you're like a tiny little ant, and nobody notices you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's got very serious
0: where people really do notice you and they're like, what is this what is this plebeian doing here?" Yeah. The
1: second, <laughs> the second half of this comic kind of got me in a weird way, in that some people are very much tempted by the black vortex and are like, "No, I must refuse." It, it, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and some are like, I'm, "I could just kind of deal with this."
0: Yeah, it's weird because at the beginning it seemed like the black vortex corrupted. Everybody. Like Everybody. you nobody should use it ever. But then it just became like, well, if you're a good enough person, maybe you can handle it.
1: Yeah, if you've dumped enough points into Paragon by the end of the game, you can submit to the Black Vortex <laughs> and fight the Reapers.
0: So and that kind of feels like a failure to me.
1: Yeah. We, we, that, well, we got the Cyclops one where it's like like take the power you can handle it you're a real hero and then captain marvel is like i absolutely can't do this it would be like everything i hated and i'm like (laughs) weird reading these back to like is cyclops a better person than (laughs) captain marvel like what are we what are we getting (laughs) from this
0: oh yeah
1: i also feel like they kind of um i liked the initial i i think there's maybe a question about this later I think that they really peaked with character designs for the Black Vortex with Gamora, <laughs> and it really just went downhill, like, every single step of the way. <laughs> Although I liked Groot's kind of weird, fiery demon tree, but he seemed like a ghost rider.
0: Yeah, you're right about the peaking.
1: Yep. Scott I... shot his laser, or his lasers. Ooh, someone's gonna be upset with me. <laughs> Scott shot his force beams, like, out of a little, like, crystal in his forehead, and he, and he could see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He he also kind of turned into a grown-up,
0: maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Kitty just kind of looked like Blue, like Singularity.
1: Yeah, but then like, she Kitty at the end of this still has the power,
0: right? But but she doesn't really change.
1: She just looks normal,
0: right? Like, I feel like reading the second half of this. The entire point of this crossover was for them to have cool cosmic naked kitty. Um. And, this, like, this, this fairy aesthetic? tale proposal. <laughs>
1: you wanna, you <laughs> cool Like, cut. don't
0: get me wrong. Cool, naked Cosmic Kitty was pretty cool to look at. Like, I liked her being super powerful. But the culmination of this being, I don't know, whatever sort of happily ever after that they were going for.
1: There was lead up to it before this. I think it's important to note that, that.
0: Yes, yes, that Kitty, like this, is not like the beginning of their relationship or something. That this has been an ongoing relation. but this happening in an event.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I guess they wanted to make it a. Obviously, they wanted to make it a big deal. Yes. It it just feel like feels like it doesn't belong here. Yeah,
1: I suppose that's true. I mean, this is this um, is another unless
0: this whole marriage between Guardians and X Men was just to coleman like to create this marriage between a guardian and an x-men
1: no i think it was just because bendis was writing both and he just wanted to jam them together although like guardians and x-men as an overlap is not that strange to me because the x-men go to space almost more than anybody else
0: yeah i think we talked about that some
1: they're always last episode so constantly in space right now part of krakoa also in space
0: I just hate how much Kitty reiterates that she hates space yep. in the second half of this when literally her story right now is going on in space. And then she will go on to take on the mantle of Star-Lord and, like, is dating this guy who lives in space. Like, if you don't like the ocean, you're not going to date a marine biologist. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you might. If you hate hanging out on the beach, you're not going to, like, hook up with the surfer. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't know. Other other strange combos. You know, if you you are... Let's see. Let's see. If you're terrified of...
1: I love these metaphors. Please continue.
0: (laughs) I gotta keep them coming until you jump in or tell me it's enough.
1: (laughs) You know, the rule of threes is very important.
0: (laughs) You're not going to date a hairstylist if you don't ever want to cut your hair. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep, there's, there's three people in the world. <laughs> that doesn't make sense.
0: I, the pressure was on. <laughs> it was, you nailed it. You're not going to date a pastry chef if you don't like dessert. I mean, maybe. I just don't think so.
1: You just don't think so? That's true.
0: Like, if you hated the things that they made or the place that they lived
1: yeah that's right
0: <laughs> like <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: i do think that this kind of this this botched the landing in some odd ways this one definitely seemed even more decompressed than the first half mm-hmm. like that captain marvel issue like was really drawn out it had a lot of cool inner monologue mm-hmm. but you could tell a lot of them the Creative teams probably did not want to be drawn into this crossover.
0: Right. I mean, it's difficult if you have one issue that's going to be part of the main story of an event and it's just your one issue and you want to, I don't know, like you have to reestablish what's going on in the event in that issue. Yep. And
1: so we read, make
0: it be like insignificant enough that your readers could read it and not have to read the rest of the event, but want to read the rest of the event.
1: Yeah. Like, I feel like Gara's story got reiterated like three times. Yes. And just the general
0: This is what's going on. And I feel like that shouldn't happen in the second half of an event. Right. I get it in the first half. Mm-hmm. But no. Like
1: I wonder if they could have just kept it to a few fewer tie ins. Like it was it encompassed a guardians issue or mm-hmm. several. Guardians random guardians team up. Mm-hmm. all new x-men for two issues in the beginning right many issues of legendary star lord I've, and then I like captain the captain marvel and of Anova. it all was off yeah they really they really backloaded it with like the one like the one-offs
0: mm-hmm. it's like they thought about how can we jam all these titles together and once they figure that out they're like all right let's make the story fit i don't know it just wasn't cohesively done mm-hmm. i think that might have i don't know if that's like a failure on the part of editorial
1: i don't know it's 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 odd to me it's it's different than like say your um what was the most recent x-men crossover that we read um like
0: on the podcast
1: messiah complex yes where it was literally like it's this they they had bookends a lot of people love to do the bookends yes and then it was just like four x-books repeat several times made that was good made sense Right. I knew what I was getting into. Right.
0: And in the second half, you didn't have to have the catch like, the up at the beginning of the issues. Right.
1: I wonder if you can get away with that more with X-Men because they just assume you're buying mo- like a lot of them. Like there's a there's an upcoming crossover here here where we are. Well, I, upcoming. Who knows? Right now, are comics coming out? Maybe sometime soon. <laughs> uh, but currently, in April 2020, if the schedule is still roughly the same, we are having an X Men crossover in the summer. And I feel like they're just counting on people. Like, well, of course they're going to buy all these. Like people are people are going Krakoa crazy.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I I'm sure that definitely makes for a more cohesive event and story but it it's definitely got to be frustrating to readers who aren't like getting it all
1: right uh, also the brood didn't fly around in their weird um like lobotomized whales and i thought that was strange for some reason oh. that's stuck in my craw real hard and no amount of no amount of mental floss is getting it out
0: <laughs> Oh,
1: that was like the tini- weird sci-fi detail of early brood stuff, as they like right. made these space whales their ships.
0: Tiny baby brood. Those were a little were creepy feelings. Oh, and they like oh. beast
1: ripped one open and it had like a, like all it was just eggs all up in it. Oh, nasty. Then <laughs> he called it an infestoid. The brood were originally called slezoids, so <laughs> they mm. like they like the oid. Mm. Yep.
0: That's right. They're not. They weren't actually baby broods. They're just little things meant to deliver the eggs.
1: So the brood was originally um, a a loving ripoff of Alien. Loving, loving. Uh, They've stuck around for a while. I there might be more good brood stories than Alien stories. Whoa, whoa. I
0: don't know. I think there could be a podcast about that.
1: Brood versus Alien. But it, it, they never really did the face hugger thing, and I felt like this was 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 them wanting to do the face hugger part of the aliens, mm. which is the creepiest thing about the aliens. I think is that they lay their eggs down your throat. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, they were going to lay their eggs in their brain. That's pretty, pretty wild. But it, I don't think they've come up like since, and I, this was like the first time. It was it was odd for the brood? They did things very differently this time.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Do you feel like it was just a method for Kitty Pride to do like super awesome stuff, like phasing a whole planet?
1: Yeah., um, there's a lot of things about Kitty Pride phasing a whole X.
0: Uh-huh. like at
1: the end of astonishing X-Men where they shot a giant bullet at the earth, the bad guys. Yeah, okay. and Kitty Pride phases the whole bullet and then but then she's stuck in it as it's like flying away. Yeah, it's literally
0: I've actually read a fun fanfic about that recently.
1: You read a fanfic about that? Hey, I did. I, don't, I did. Like, I didn't think you'd ever read fanfic.
0: I never had, but you know.
1: Did you look it up?
0: No, and Doctor Burt wrote it.
1: Doctor Burt wrote it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> Doctor Burt's a very good writer, so that makes sense.
0: <laughs> so, but yeah, um, Kitty Pride phasing a whole thing. Yep. <laughs> I feel it. Like, Can Kitty just phase
1: a-, a whole sandwich? Yep. <laughs> what about a whole fridge? <laughs> you wouldn't phase a car.
0: <laughs> that sounds like an infomercial. Well, yeah. Was, is that what you were aiming uh, for? You
1: wouldn't download a car? Do you, oh. do you remember the anti piracy ads with oh, you like wouldn't the- download a car? And then we were like, I absolutely <laughs> would download a car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so psa not infomercial yeah
1: psa you would not phase a car (laughs) (laughs) do you think kitty uh all-powerful kitty pride could phase through an unfazable planet like is there is there a planet that is so strong and powerful that even kitty pride in cosmic form can't phase through it i don't
0: this, this is comics i think it's the writer <laughs> if once or it. two, kitty pride can phase through anything phase <laughs> anything through anything else yep she's doing a lot of phasing of things into people right now And just, just putting just stuff leaving in them there well
1: and uh, speaking of you'll notice that these days kitty pride is not a cosmically powerful being they just mm-hmm. for the most part shoot away the powers like they kind of like just went away it's so It's weird because Gara lived for like millennium with still with the powers. So right. it was clearly meant to be semi-permanent. Um I think during the questions I can I can kind of scold a little bit about that. Um
0: <laughs> He's speaking of, we have a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, we have gobs. We should probably get to them sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and get into some Twitter questions. Well,
1: before just before. Okay. Okay. Ultimately did you like this or did the end completely sour it for you?
0: I think the fact that we broke it up into two and I really got to enjoy the beginning makes me feel like I can leave Black Vortex with a positive note. And I can essentially, like, rewrite the ending or selectively remember it. Um, like, Kitty mm-hmm. Pride got awesome cosmic powers, saved the day, she was wonderful, and decided, you know, she really didn't like space and should <laughs> just go home. And that's how it ended.
1: Um, anything colored this much by David Curiel and Marte Gracia is hard for me to not like because they're both fantastic. I think the coloring was really the standout in all of these, even with the, the sort of different art. And sometimes like in a few cases, not my favorite. Although a lot of these artists are like people I love now, like David Baldion mm-hmm. did recently did Gwenpool Strikes Back, which is like phenomenal yes. and is going to be working on X Factor and. That was just fun fun to read, because I think I didn't know David Baldeon as well when this was coming out.
0: Yeah. It's always fun to look back at uh, people's work that you really enjoy now that you didn't didn't recognize at the time.
1: I didn't know G-Dougs was writing
0: uh, yeah, Nova. Nova,
1: and it was fun. Nova was it fun was issue.
0: fun. I feel like that would be a fun run to read.
1: Yeah. Uncle Jerry's pretty good at comics. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Are we ready to get in those Twitter questions?
1: Yep. Let's do it.
0: All right. so first up we have a question from uh Ravel at uh, Ravel underscore near one of the bigger criticisms around bendis especially of that era is that he tends to have obvious favorites and less favorites in the cast of his own books as shown by the amount of actual exploration of character and lack thereof does that statement ring true to you
1: Yes, but I don't think it's like, I don't think he, he has, you know, full reign on this. But I do think to some extent he likes to kind of throw his, his, his creative weight around with which characters he can and can't use or like which ones he's going to use. Mm -hmm. And I think that if he is somewhat forced to do certain characters, I think he tends to sort of not use them as much. I don't know. It's hard to know what, how the kind of cast of this was decided. But this is st- during the Schism era, mm-hmm. so it is wild that Storm and Beast are, like, the only people <laughs> from the Wolverine school
0: who yeah. are in
1: this. And it, I wonder if he's just like, I just really want Storm and Beast, and they're like, okay.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting, the fact that Storm and Beast are on such different pages, even throughout this event. Storm,
1: Storm does not get to do a lot in the back half. She had some really cool moments in the front half.
0: <sighs> yeah. Makes me, makes me sad. I mean, Ilyana got to do some fun stuff in the beginning, and then I feel like we just didn't see her. She she just got used as like a teleporter.
1: I think it has something to do with the fact that this back half was so was so like let's throw some solo titles in
0: there. Yeah, we shouldn't have had solo solo titles in this period. Not that they weren't. I don't mind a few
1: of them, but they should have made them. They got clumped at the end, right? They're like a mm. they're like a bit of baking soda that you didn't realize you mixed in in your pancake. You know, <laughs> you want baking soda in your pancake, you just don't want to taste like a big clump of baking soda, right? In your in your pancake. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Um, and our next question comes from Hey Podcast I listen to uh, at Drew underscore and. I screenshotted this and now I can't read the uh, at Drew underscore guy G-Y. G-Y. Yep. Mm hmm. Uh, what's your take on the O5 coming to the future? In some ways, I feel like it's the center of Bendis's run, but I also feel like it dragged on. Yes, it dragged on.
1: It did drag on. Um, I liked it. It got me, it, it got me kind of excited about comics again. And uh, all new X Men with Stuart Eminem teamed up with Bendis, which is pretty great. I feel like they ran out of things for them to do and just didn't know what to do with them. And it, yeah. it, it feels weird in retrospect that they're not here. So there was just this time period where they were here. Not a ton got accomplished with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ultimately all kind of got reset to nothing.
0: I feel like this cross, like this event could have ended with them going home. Cause Beast had that huge realization in the first half of like, Hey, this was totally wrong. Uh-huh. And then like, half of them get these like cosmic powers
1: uh-huh.
0: and I- when we
1: cover extermination your mind is going to be blown the only person who keeps their powers long term is Archangel of course he does yeah but it's funny because he still gets kind of nerfed in a way that he still has to be like roughly as powerful as the other X-Men <laughs> as opposed to just guy with wings <laughs>
0: Oh. All right. Um, our next question comes from Adam Rack at Arthur Stacey on Twitter. Uh, what's cooler, the Siege Perilous or the Black Vortex? Okay, I had to look up what the Siege Perilous was.
1: Oh, it's Because I it's wild. am
0: not into Arthurian legend.
1: Oh, no, no, no. This is the Siege Perilous from Claremont's X-Men. What? So you maybe looked up the I wrong thing. I looked up the
0: wrong thing. Yeah. I looked up like this. Okay. I was like... Obviously, the answer is the black vortex here because the seat that kills you if you sit in it. Like the
1: siege <laughs> perilous in X Men. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. I was like, I'm going to be prepared and look this up because I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, explain to me <laughs> um, what this
1: it's is. It's like, like it's Adam's a doorway silly. that you walk through, <laughs> and when you go through it, it like resets, it like changes your life.
0: Why did and they name like, it that?
1: Because it, I think, because it has to do with the Arthur stuff.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds like such a, so you go through this, this portal and uh-huh. then, and it, cha- and it changes.
1: Right. But like the X-Men all did it because they were in such a, like such a period of despair that they were like, literally anything's better than this. And a bunch of the, the Australian Outback X-Men walked through it. Oh. And it, it, they, they all just sort of like popped up in random places in like various ways. I actually, it's. From a storyline perspective, the Siege Perilous is really cool. I don't think you can do that much with it. Um, right. but the Black Vortex, I feel like the, this was the this was the story you could do with it. So I don't know. The Siege Perilous is probably cooler. I think it it led to some interesting X Men stories. Okay. It doesn't but it literally just like just like changes you. Oh, okay. It doesn't like make you, it doesn't like physically change you. You just like get a different life.
0: Um no, thank you. I'm going to go with the Black Vortex. Oh, okay. I, I just want to look like really cool and ripped. Um, <laughs> I don't want my life changed.
1: <laughs> the Siege Perilous is kind of that, that uh, song, I Will Buy You a New Life.
0: Oh, you know, uh-huh. Kind mm-hmm. of that. All right. Uh, Globert Secundus at uh, Robert Secundus on Twitter says... It uh, has two questions and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go with them back to back. Uh Does Brian Michael Bendis, you know, the comic book writer know what a vortex is?
1: No, <laughs> they spin.
0: <laughs> and what do y'all think of Bendis speak?
1: Oh, wait, Bendis speak.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Oh, you're talking about Bendis speak.
0: You're doing a bit.
1: Oh, a, 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 I'm doing a bit. I thought, I thought, I thought you and I were doing a bit. This is a bit. A bit. That's what we're doing right now is a bit.
0: It could be a bit.
1: It's been 22 pages of comics. We gotta stop. <laughs> uh, I like it at times. It, it can be really overused.
0: <laughs> All right. And, um, fail- you,
1: you didn't say what you think of Ben to speak, Christy.
0: We did a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the bit is the answer.
0: <laughs> All right. A failed Remender pitch at Rev Zachary on Twitter said, why do you think folks kept forgetting that uh, S. Humphreys, uh, written as Shumphreys, yeah, was the main man behind this event?
1: I don't know because it was it like there was some serious prelude in Legendary Star Lord, which is what he was writing, and mm-hmm. he wrote the the bookenders. So that I think that usually means they're kind of the showrunner. I think because that that Bendis looms large.
0: Did he write the Alpha? I thought he did. I thought Humphreys wrote the Alpha.
1: Yeah, I said Humphreys wrote the Alpha.
0: Oh, and I you thought-
1: know, I think Humphreys wrote the Alpha and the Omega. Okay,
0: I thought you were saying B- Bendis wrote the Alpha and the Omega, and I'm like, I don't think that's right. No,
1: he wrote the all-new X-Men stuff, mm-hmm. the Guardian stuff, which I think the Guardian stuff is one issue. Yeah. I'm, and that's I, it.
0: I feel like I only remember Bendis writing like two of these issues.
1: There's two all-new X-Men's that are okay. back-to-back, and then I think there's one Guardians.
0: Right, so three out of the 13-
1: Right. And Humphreys wrote the bookenders. He wrote, I think he wrote Team
0: Up. Yeah. I mean, he wrote the most issues out of this. Oh, for sure.
1: It is definitely kind of his baby. Uh, I think, I think it's just people, people like to think of the, of Guardians and X-Men combined together as, as Bendis. I think if those two together. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I always hear people talk about the Bendis era. I mean, nobody talks about a, a Humphreys era.
1: Sorry. Sorry, Sam. Uh, he I, wrote, he I liked
0: the issues that he wrote.
1: You would love Dial H, which is something that he has written recently written for DC. In fact, I'm going to grab your tablet when this is done and put it on your hoopla and then throw it at your head.
0: See, that's how you get me to read things. Don't tell me you should read this because that just gives me work. You put something <laughs> in my hands to do. That's that's different. Okay. All right. Um, our next question comes from the Duck Knight at Darth Oni on, on Twitter. Which beast do you like better? This darker beast that's all serious or the bombastic beast who was all swashbuckly and full of wisecracks? I feel like this is a really loaded question. The Duck Knight.
1: (laughs) The Duck Knight definitely makes one seem more appealing than the other. (laughs) Do you like the really bad beast or like the super cool beast that's awesome and like got all the girls and could skateboard?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the answer is in the question. (laughs)
1: i think it's hard to divorce the two he's just a he's just a he's a man of many facets
0: i love reading really old beast with all of his funny little expressions and he's just kind of endearing
1: yeah before he started started being somewhat super villainy yeah yeah he's always kind of been that way he only turned blue because he experimented on himself
0: you know another reason you should listen to your friends
1: don't experiment on yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, at Lin Candescent, who is, in fact, thinking about trees on Twitter. Who do you feel has the most interesting changes in this crossover? And who do you wish got vortexed that didn't? I think Kitty and Gamora look the coolest and maybe have the most interesting changes.
0: <laughs> if, yeah. If we're talking about the, the changes from the Black Vortex, in terms of whose character grows the most...
1: Is it Star-Lord?
0: Is it Beast? No. <laughs> Beast Maybe. realizes he was wrong about something.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: I don't know. It feels like this is going to gonna become a positive thing in, in Beast's life, that there has been positive growth for him.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. So who should have been Vortex that didn't? S-Sarm? Star-Lord
0: should have been Vortex and Kitty should have left him. <laughs>
1: I don't think Storm should have been Vortex character wise, but she looked really so cool. So cool! I even think that the, you barely see it, but there's like the gene
0: oh, Vortex yeah, uh-huh. that
1: looked a little cool. Although, again, for some reason, they turned like like I swear when Cyclops went through the Vortex, he kind of turned into a, a grown up. Like he specifically got bigger and beefier and right, taller. Right. Right. And they looked. It looked kind of like that was supposed to be the way for Jean.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: it looked like an oh, like an older adult gene, but yeah. also evil.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought that was weird. Your perfect self cannot be a teen. <laughs> Unless you're Iceman. Iceman had the absolute strangest. He yeah. was like an elf boy. That
0: was weird. That was very weird. Mm-hmm.
1: That was like when, um, uh, that's like a Magikarp to Gyarados, but like in reverse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, um, at Coltreg on uh, Twitter, Gotta Luke the Fishing Simulator uh, said, "Who should have stayed Vortex?"
1: I think Gamora should have because it seemed to not really bother her very much.
0: Didn't she stay Vortex? She didn't renounce it.
1: Right now, Gamora is not Vortex.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> Who should so, have stayed Vortex? Otherwise, like from like at the end of this book,
0: I feel like story wise, nobody should have stayed Vortex.
1: Yeah, they clearly didn't know what to do with them. They just like things to have quote-unquote lasting consequences.
0: But it didn't last.
1: No, not not very long at all. This was an unfortunate crossover that was mere months before Secret Wars in 2015, where everything had to end. You know, if your name is Jonathan Hickman, apparently you can just go, cancel all of Marvel (laughs) Comics for my event. And everybody's like, sure thing, John. (laughs)
0: Uh, all right the next question comes from xavier files at xavier files on twitter wild that they were unengaged by the end of the same year right yep not wild at all <laughs> totally makes sense
1: yeah, christy was like so glad my favorite
0: <laughs> <sighs> all right and then um another question from near Ravel at Ravel underscore near on twitter you get to inject into any crossover you want an out-of-nowhere engagement between two characters. Which characters do you hook up at the end of which crossover?
1: So this has to be an existing crossover, it seems like. Yeah. Um, um, Secret Wars. She-Hulk and Volcana. Okay. I like it.
0: Okay. Uh, out of uh, nowhere. <laughs> um, Destiny and Mystique, when did they get married? This- Are they married?
1: They are theoretically married, but because of the way that that Marvel treated LGBT relationships, it has only recently become textual. So it was never actually shown them getting married because presumably it happened before the...
0: So here's my proposal then. Yep. Mm -hmm. End of House of X, Powers of X. They resurrect destiny and they have a huge wedding party celebration, essentially like an engagement, I guess. But they were already married. But they get to celebrate it. On panel and recognize it,
1: like a renew of the vows. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was gonna say I don't want to erase their their previous yeah. now now no, long no, years of marriage. No,
0: but it's like you know, like the people who got like the courthouse ceremony and nobody got to see it. So yeah. then they go, go back, and you know, sometimes even like months later, it's like, hey, now we got some money, let's throw a big party.
1: Okay, sure.
0: So it's like, hey, you're back to life. Let's throw a big party and like reconfirm our vows now that you're alive again.
1: Yeah, but. She's still dead.
0: Right. So I would... No know, precogs I, on I Krakoa. Would, I would change it.
1: You would change it. I would I would change it. <laughs> I don't know if that's out of nowhere, but sure. <laughs> I mean, the scenario is out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> I mean, in the in the sense of the event itself, it probably wouldn't have made sense.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely not at all. Mm-hmm. Last question comes from at Asimov Fangirl who says, Hi, Chris if you submitted to the Black Vortex, what power would you get? And what would your look slash outfit be? Thanks and stay safe. OK, so I would have a super cool, sleek black lab coat and my fingers would be able to transform into pipettes and then I would have goggles that would just like appear on my face and they'd be like they'd like flip back because I'd be a super pipetter. <laughs>
0: That's a lot of fun. I like how you tailored it to your career. Uh-huh. Um man, I just want to be like super ripped and have like really nice abs, like abs so nice that like you just can't wear a shirt that's not a cutoff.
1: <laughs> okay. Like So you want like just, a six pack?
0: Um yeah, maybe not like super defined, but like, you know, when I'm walking, like you can definitely see it's there. <laughs> okay. Like <laughs> Chrissy just
1: wants to be very buff
0: I want to be so very buff but now you're like you're talking about stuff related to like your career and I'm like what would what would help me in my teaching just like a lot of eyes <laughs> like everywhere or maybe like eyes on the side of my head you'd like- look like a
1: biblical angel
0: <laughs> you know a little eye boy-esque
1: yeah it's not weird or gross you'd be buff and just covered in eyes <laughs>
0: <laughs> no child would act up in my classroom
1: <laughs> be a terrifying monster <laughs> alright well that's going to be it for twitter questions uh, I suppose we need to move on quickly to accolades
0: yeah accolades
1: alright Christy what is the best line in this here crossover
0: alright my best line comes from um, comes from Nova. I love he says, uh, I'm feeling really freaked out, so I'm going to shoot a lot.
1: <laughs> That's pretty <clear>. good. <laughs> I almost picked that one.
0: Oh, did you really? Yep.
1: But instead, mine is from one of the Slaughter Lords. I am not going to learn their names and you cannot <laughs> make me. It's the one who kind of looks like Danger from the X-Men. Well, anyway, uh, he or she, I don't know, they're all in armor. And they're aliens," says um, Ronan's gone berserk. He's got a good point, but he's
0: berserk. No, <laughs> oh, that's a lot of fun. All right, what is your coolest moment?
1: My coolest moment is when Kitty squishes the amber.
0: Oh, see, my coolest moment is when she. removes the amber like phases it out
1: okay we're you're kind of very
0: close very close very close let me show you that i mean it's it's just the page like her cradling this Mm -hmm. amber world
1: yep Uh, it's got flowy hair
0: it's got marte gracia colors
1: yeah it's real good (laughs) marte gracia is very good at coloring
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right and who is your greatest hero kitty of course of course hit it Daily double Matt D. Wilson. Yeah. That that's where I specifically have the uh, the panel of her of her crushing the amber. Oh. That yes. looks so cool.
1: Squish. She only did a genocide, kinda. She killed a lot of a lot of good brood that day. Kitty kills you a know, lot of brood in general though. She really hates the brood. She just I, very right much. Rightfully so. Yeah.
0: You know. If you wake up one day pregnant with them, that's that's it's kind of enough to sour you on a species.
1: Kitty's <laughs> had so many unfortunate <laughs> brood experiences. Like, one of her first X-Men adventures was was the brood saga. She was like a kid.
0: Ugh. Yep.
1: Uh, now, the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy goes to...
0: Um, I had to give it to Mr. Knife for like... He's got the Black Vortex, but he just left it, like, in a hallway where, uh, like, Groot, Iceman, and Cyclops just stumble upon it.
1: He left it in, like, the broom closet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) I'm also giving it to Mr. Knife, although I called him Jason, but the fact that he got hit with the amber deflection, like, almost (laughs) off-panel, and then he never shows up again, he goes out like the biggest punk.
0: Uh, You love when villains get taken down like a chump.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it when they're chumped out.
0: (laughs) All right. What about your key of C award?
1: I think the moment would be, um, Cyclops's internal monologue with his, with his quote unquote dad.
0: Oh, yeah, that's sweet.
1: I think it could be a, um, a a, a, a,
0: a duet or? Well, a
1: duet for sure, but also like song reprise.
0: Mm, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. We love those.
1: We do. We yep. love
0: those here on Chris's. We do. Um, I think Ronan needed a song as he comes in for, um, uh, revenge. Mm-hmm. I, I judge you all. Like, Oh, it'd be great. Yep. Just just a big combat scene but with little little bits of him coming out and, you know, mm-hmm. laying judgment down.
1: Some ruin. It would it would be fun. Yep.
0: Uh all right. Well that wraps up our accolades.
1: And then wraps up the black vortex.
0: It does. That's a wrap.
1: So our next crossover is currently being voted upon. Um, some- By the
0: time you hear this episode, it should be decided, though.
1: Yes, we'll announce it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, it is between Milk Wars, which is a very recent,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: well, not not the most recent, but within the past couple of years, DC crossover, or a Siege, which is the kind of end to the Bendis era of Marvel crossovers.
0: I I just absolutely love these Patreon votes because it it. It's just a lot of fun. So readers, if, if you want to know how these choices came to be, we have fabulous patrons over on Patreon who, um, have supported us and got to th- toss in a name into the voting. And there were only two, two names tossed in this time. So they got a pretty yep, good some, chance. Somebody
1: abstained. Mm-hmm. They have the, they have the ability to, they just did not want to this time.
0: So our patrons have put forth these suggestions for you all and you. Could be one of those patrons suggesting uh, one of those crossovers. Or uh, if you throw enough money at us, we'll just do whatever you tell us to.
1: For for crossover.
0: (laughs) For a crossover. We will cover whatever you tell us to.
1: (laughs) In fact, after this one, the next crossover is going to to definitively be one that someone chooses for us and we have no say in.
0: Yep. 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 It's kind of fun.
1: It is kind of fun. I love not having to pick. (laughs)
0: can we have our patrons or or, can we have our patrons decide our like date night stuff (laughs) just just leave it all there
1: what should we eat vote on like sushi (laughs) barbecue
0: (laughs) Oh, oh that would be fun i feel like isn't that like a i feel like i feel i've seen like a viral thing about that where somebody just let somebody the viewers vote on all of their choices for a day and they wound up like going to another country or something. Whoa. (laughs) They put forth some pretty wild choices.
1: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. fair. All right. Well, readers, we we love hearing from you. Mm -hmm. So please add us at Chris's Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Only if you're nice, though. Don't be mean to us. We don't deserve it.
0: We're not popular enough for you to be mean to us.
1: It's true. Be meaner Mm -hmm. to popular people.
0: Yeah. No, don't do that. Be nice to everybody. Be nice
1: to everybody. <laughs> uh, but if you have got a long form message, you can always email us at, Chris is on at gmail.com.
0: Mm-hmm. And I already mentioned uh, Patreon to you. You can find the link to that in the show notes. Uh, but you can also send us those one-time donations uh, on Ko-fi. That's or true. even recurring donations they now let as do well. They you do that now. Yeah. So uh, if you want to hit us up there, please do so.
1: Yes. Um I've also I've I've definitely made exceptions where if people send a, a large one-time donation on Kofi I will I will give them a Patreon benefit as a, like a one-time deal mm-hmm, so
0: mm-hmm. And either way we shout you out on the show.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true.
0: Review us on iTunes, we will also shout you out on the show.
1: Well, uh, you know what if you give us a one-star review, probably not going to shout no,
0: you. No, no. Oh, sorry, only five-star reviews. Sorry, thought that <laughs> I had saying five-star reviews on Facebook, iTunes. Wherever you can review podcasts. Yep. But give us those reviews, especially if you're somebody who's like, ah, you know, time's times are tight right now. I mm-hmm. can't monetarily support you, but you can give us those reviews or or tell us tell your friends about us. I uh-huh. love when people tag us into recommendation threads.
1: Yeah, like um, you know, popular comic book artist Elsa Charitier. I probably butchered her name, but she followed us because someone tagged us in when she was looking for Rex.
0: Mhm. So, yeah, talk about us with your friends. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And until next time.
1: Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.